This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here, broadcasting from the lovely home studio. I've got uh, fellow app nerds John Beeler and Graham Williams. We have a pretty cool show for you today. Uh, later on in the program, we'll be talking with the folks behind the Canada COVID-19 app. This is a must-have app for any Canadian, and we'll uh, tell you why. We'll also be uh, talking about a new streaming service. We're all looking to uh, while the hours away. Uh, you might be sick of Netflix and Amazon. Well, Quibi has arrived. Uh, before we get to any of that, uh, let's have a look at some of the uh, the app news uh, happening happening this uh, week. I think when you think of video conferencing, the big player right now has to be Zoom. But uh, Skype, who used to be the big guy, they're telling you they're here. <laughs> you should look at using them because they're more secure. And you don't need the Skype app or even an account to make a call. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting, you know, hey, don't forget about us. We're still here. And they do have some great features. And a lot of the things that I think are wrong with Zoom from a security standpoint, I think Skype's kind of nailed down. And I think especially companies are well-versed in dealing with Microsoft and Skype products. So I think it might be a little bit easier path for them. It might not be as feature-rich as Zoom has been or as fun, maybe. It's a, it's a nice reminder that they're, they're there. And I do like the fact that you can just, you don't need an app to do this because this is something we do all the time when we bring guests on the show. You know, do you have your app installed properly? Blah, blah, blah. And it, this just makes it a lot easier for us to do that. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. Skype is still a dog's breakfast when it comes to interface. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I literally can't. I, I have a call every week uh, that I have to do that uses Skype. And every time I boot it up, I look at it and I'm like, why do you hate me? I, there's there's like conversations and there's a contact list and I don't know where I'm supposed to be looking for people. Just apparently they're doing a full app rewrite. They, they need if to. If that is the case, I hope I hope they do a full like UI. Just toss it out the window and start again. That's what they need to do. What drives me crazy with some of these user interfaces now on a lot of these uh, apps and and web based programs and Skype is super guilty of this. Uh, they turn everything into icons. Remember in the old days where you could actually see the little written thing, what it was, that icon? So it was kind of easier to figure out what the heck it is and where you want to go. I just find it really difficult, and Skype's a bad one for this, trying to find things like the settings and, you know, to uh, find out where my video is and the audio. It, it just drives me crazy. And I have to still use Skype because whenever I do any radio hits or live TV interviews, they always typically use Skype and it drives me mental because I'm constantly trying to actually boot it up, number one, on my desktop and God help me, it boots up maybe one out of three times properly and it just, the other two times, will not recognize my password to save my life. So Can, can I tell you, my, my woe there is, so my Skype user ID is connected with my Gmail address and it uses the same password as my, my Microsoft account. If I had to log in using my email address, which I know is connected to the account, it tells me it's the wrong password. And then <laughs> you sit there for about five minutes and you go to password reset. And then you're like, I got to punch in that username that I made back when I was like 20. Yeah. What is going on, guys? Yeah. You're killing me. And I think, Graham, you mentioned too that Skype has like not just one application. <laughs> They have multiple applications depending on what you're using it for, which again is just confusing. To Skype to no end. Skype for business link. I, I got nothing. Like yeah. So on my, I've got Windows 10 desktop on my kitchen computer where I do a lot of my interviews from, and so I have 
one Skype icon on the desktop, and I have one down in the, the bottom bar. God help me if I hit the one accidentally in the bottom bar, because that one just goes to nowhere. And I just don't, I fundamentally don't understand what is the difference between the two uh, Skypes that I have. Like, I'm, I've been in computers for years, and I still can't figure out why one of them will work and the other one won't. I, I want to actually like put them both in an arena, Highlander style, and let one of them walk out. Right? There can only be one. You guys figure it out. Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll stop uh, complaining about Skype. Uh, some other interesting things. Uh, the credit card companies. I don't know if you've noticed this, guys. You know when you use your uh, tap card you know, your, uh, to make purchases? Well, typically in the past, it was limited to $100 maximum tap purchase. Credit card companies, MasterCard, for example, now has has raised that up to 250 bucks you can tap. Which is super helpful. I, I was actually at the store today and that's the thing is I do not want to pull my card out and put it into the machine. I don't even want to pull my wallet out right now. So I've got the tap on my phone with Apple Pay. My bill came to $100.97. <laughs> and I, you know, it was at this moment of like, I'm going to roll the dice and see if it worked. And it was great because it did. Hallelujah. Well, I, this is a great experiment. I, I wonder when all of this dies down one day, Will they go back to $100 or will they find that it, you know, people could be trusted with $250 tap limits? Fair. Hmm. Well, we'll find out. Also in the app news uh, this week, if you've got a, a Roku stick or, uh, or Roku TV or any of their Roku smart TV boxes, I have actually a few of the TVs in my house. Love it because I can access Netflix, Amazon Prime, Plex, all my favorite uh, TV apps. Crave is now available on Roku streaming devices, which is a good thing right now because uh, I think uh, they still have 30 days free for that. That's right. And you can binge Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery in those 30 days. I I, I joke, but um, I've actually been subscribed to Crave since it started. And I've also got the HBO add-on. So it's running me about 200 bucks a year. It's a great little service. If you've got a Roku device, uh, this is a great way to access it. If you don't have one, go get one. Jumping back to Zoom, uh, a lot of companies now and even governments are banning <laughs> Zoom's use. Uh, I've just read recently the uh, Canadian government, uh, Taiwanese government, uh, they've banned it for government conference calls. Uh, and, you know, more and more big companies are banning it as well. We know Elon Musk, the man behind Tesla and SpaceX, he's banned it for all his uh, employees because of security concerns. NASA has uh, as well. And now Google has banned its employees from using Zoom uh, because of security concerns. Uh, it makes me wonder, why aren't they using the Google products like Google Hangouts? Well, it's interesting, too, because the British Columbia government just licensed Zoom for all their schools to do uh, the remote learning, distance learning stuff. So I, I think the big thing here with Zoom is that they've had greatness thrust upon them at this point. Talk about being the right product at the right place at the right time, right? Easy to use video conferencing. Quality is good. The problem is at that point, when you go from 12 million users to, I think, upwards of 30 million in less than two weeks, yeah, you're going to find that some things have been done wrong. And so they put a 90-day freeze on features, and they're they're basically updating all of their security right now. Um, literally, after my last Zoom call, I just had an update push, and it listed a lot of the things that people have a problem with. The big one was that when it creates meetings, it creates them without a password. So if you have that nine-digit ID, which it's not hard to guess, you can just have a, a machine run through them, people were able to Zoom bomb. They were able to jump into your meetings. It was, it's a one-button fix for that, right? Secure your meeting, and it puts a password on it, and that goes into the link. So it's still the, the click the link to get in. But, I mean, this is 
this is go fast break things, but not even on Zoom's part. They again kind of had this put on them. So, like kudos to them for figuring out, yeah, security serious. We got to take care of this. They've been pretty transparent, especially compared to some of the other companies out there. About you know, we screwed up. We we weren't ready. We weren't uh, as secure as we thought. We're fixing it in real time. And their CEO has been on all kinds of live streams talking about this and you know getting the word out that they're fixing it and. I think they want to live on beyond this pandemic and, and be the, the tool of choice for a lot of people. So it's in their best interest to fix these concerns. Yeah. I mean, looking at all the other software out there, I've already given my money to Zoom. And again, compared to a certain piece of software who we will not name from the beginning of the show, I feel comfortable with Zoom right now. It's interesting. Uh, one of the shareholders of Zoom uh, has launched a class action suit against them because of the drop in the share price. Uh, and they attribute that in this uh lawsuit uh, because of the lack of security in in the software. Gee, I wonder what that lawsuit's going to do to their share price. <laughs> Somebody didn't think too far ahead on that one, eh? No. I, I don't know. Okay, we still have a lot more to talk about on today's uh, program. Later on in the hour, we'll be going through some uh, video conferencing etiquette on how to not be uh, a total idiot when you're video conferencing with your coworkers, uh, family, and friends. We'll also be chatting with the folks behind an awesome app. It's the Canada COVID-19 app, a must-have for every Canadian uh, right now. We'll tell you what it's all about and how to get it. And coming up next, Quibi, the latest streaming service. Is it right for you? You'll find out. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with John Beeler, Graham Williams. Let's talk Quibi. Quibi is the latest streaming service uh, out there. So many of them uh, really nowadays, but this one's a, a little bit different. Uh, they're going after the short attention span. All the videos uh, available on Quibi are 10 minutes or less. Have you guys had a chance to check out any of the shows yet? Yes. We should point out the interesting, I guess, feature, if you want to call it that, is that it's only for your phone. You can't watch this on your Apple TV. You can't watch this on your smart TV at all. You can't even screenshot the app. It has this weird feature where you can watch it uh, landscape, you know, which 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 would make sense to watch, like, you know, uh, uh, a normal film. But if you turn it vertically, which is where, you know, people are on the bus and stuff, it's easier to hold. Um it does like this weird pan and scan thing where you actually can see still watch the whole show and it's it's doing the quick clever editing back and forth between say two people talking that type of thing i i did find actually that the editing of that is it feels really natural and being able to sit down on the couch um or like you know chill out on a love seat is just holding your phone like you normally would as opposed to having sort of that awkward sideways angle i yeah. i've got to say i'm not usually a big fan of portrait video, but they've kind of done it right here. I, I think that the their system or their editing technique or the algorithm, whatever it's doing that, definitely is clever. But the problem with this and with any streaming service is, is there something there for you? And that was the problem that I had. I found it hard to find anything that I, I cared enough to watch, even to watch the, the first episode. I watched the Will Forte one with Caitlin Olsen. Uh, it's the the makeover show comedy thing it was okay 
<laughs> no, nothing it, about that sounds appealing to me, but okay. <laughs> no, but it was the only thing I could find in the list that actually remotely looked appealing. Because for me, most of the stuff, at least that it presented to me, and it doesn't ask you any questions about what kind of shows you like or anything like that to recommend anything. It, it looked like a bunch of reality TV shows that have been edited for this format uh, with a couple little sort of other shows that have a little bit more star power behind them. So, so I, I've got I've got two for you. Uh, the first one was called Light and Music, and so you know I, I've I've been DJing for the last year. I know a lot of really great uh, musicians and electronic musicians, and so this is a show about that world. And uh, the episodes are only eight minutes long, but it's you know they talk to um, you know people who make music, people who play instruments, uh, people who are the audio engineers in the background. I found this somewhat more documentary style. Yeah, and that, but, but that like, kind of content. It felt very compelling for me to watch this, and I, I kind of plowed through the first two episodes, and they're, they're releasing new episodes every day now, which I find is, you know, eight minutes of bite-sized content on a, on a topic that is relevant to me is good, which I thought was a lot of fun. But going in a different direction, like, again, into fiction, uh, there's one called Most Dangerous Game, uh, and it's about a guy who uh, basically accepts a, a, an offer to be part of a hunt in order to help eliminate his debt and then he realizes that he's the one being hunted uh, <laughs> cool like you know was that Lee, liam hemsworth hemsworth uh yeah one... i think it is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah nice. the, i mean they've yeah. got some pretty big stars coming into this uh interestingly enough they had over three hundred thousand downloads the very first day which is it, uh, not bad and a nice big outage oh yeah <laughs> well i mean they all seem to have that disney had that huge that that problem as well when they they first launched uh, but so this isn't a free service. Uh, I believe you can get a 90 day free trial, but uh, it basically. And it, but, but that's important because if you do want to check it out, they have two business models. They have an ad uh, included model yeah. for, I think, six ninety nine Canadian a month. And yeah. then for ad free, it's nine ninety nine a month. Oh. And you can get a 90 day trial on either of them. So pick the ad free one if you're going to play with it for 90 days at least. Oh yeah, they... yeah. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a fan of ads, so I went directly to the ad free model. And honestly, like ten bucks a month Canadian, I'm gonna have to check it out a little bit more. But if I am getting the kind of content that I'm getting out of it right now, we're probably spending twenty to twenty minutes to thirty minutes a day right now watching the content that they're producing regularly. That's actually that's worth it for me. Yeah, if you can find something you like. Yeah, I wonder if this thing has legs long term, like if they're going to be able to get enough subscribers that are going to pay like the 10 bucks a month or even the seven bucks a month. Like to, to well, me, to me, this doesn't appeal at all. No, no. And it's interesting because like Disney went from 22 to 50 million subscribers, you know, in the last few weeks. Yeah. Gee, I wonder why, but you know, so that this is probably the best time and the worst time to launch a new streaming service, right? Especially one that is meant for your phone uh, versus your TV, which you're stuck by for the most part for most people right now. So the curious thing about that, though, is sure, if you're in a family, you're stuck beside the TV, but so is everybody else in the house. And say, for example, somebody else is watching something that you don't want to. Good time to go check out what's new on Quibi. Yeah, why not? Okay, so Graham, you've said that you might actually subscribe to this. John? Thumbs up for me. John? Well, I'm actually going to check out Graham's recommendations because this yeah. is the first time we've talked about it. We wanted to save it for the show. And they do sound interesting. I didn't see any immediate obvious documentary stuff, which is generally what I watch on Netflix and other things anyway. So, And the music stuff is interesting to me too, so I'll check that out. But yeah, I'm still skeptical. I mean, this was something we talked about a little while ago because this was all over CES. They were promoting the crap out of it. And it's got some huge, big 
firepower underneath it all, star power, I should say, you know, and so Spielberg and other people are producing content for this platform. So clearly they think it might be worth spending that time or they're just getting paid a truckload of money to do that. Who knows? But same thing with Apple TV plus I'm still not sold on it beyond the fact I get it free with my iPhone purchase. So yeah. And that's about seven bucks a month, right? Somewhere. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And they haven't got huge amounts of content uh, yet either. Okay. We still have a lot to talk about on today's uh, program. Uh, Later on video conferencing etiquette. Are you being a video idiot while you're on your zoom call? Well, we'll tell you how to behave uh, properly. Also, we'll be chatting with the folks at Canada COVID-19. This is a new app that every Canadian should have, whether you're an iPhone user or Android user, gives you all the information you need about uh, the virus and all the resources available. We'll be talking uh, with the folks behind that and where you can get it and how to use it. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. Sure. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Well, uh, with the uh, the COVID-19 epidemic uh, going on here, sometimes it's difficult to find all the right information, best practices on uh, self-isolation, social distancing, to finding out uh, the right links uh, for help from the government. Well, there is an app for that. It's uh, called uh, Canada COVID-19. On the line, we've uh, got our guest from Thrive Health. He is uh, the CEO. His name is David Helliwell. Thanks for joining us today, David. Thanks, Mike. Uh, so tell us about uh, your app. I uh, I love this uh, because uh, I've been trying to find all this information. I'm Googling everything uh, online and it's kind of all over the place, but you've amalgamated it all into one app uh, that works on iPhones and Android phones. That's right. That's right. And it's in, in collaboration with Health Canada and it's actually flowing out of an app we started in, in BC with the BC Ministry of Health and Health Canada wanted to offer it to all Canadians. So on the Canada COVID app, it's you know, ever since it launched, it's been the number one app on both the Google, number one medical app on both the Google and Apple uh, app stores. And really, it's got two main purposes. One of them is to uh, allow each person to assess their own symptoms and to not just do that once, but see how the symptoms evolve over time. Uh, and it gives public health a way of seeing across the country how systems, uh, how, how symptoms are evolving. So you can really get a sense of where we are in in the evolution of the of the COVID nineteen life cycle. So, so that's one thing is the testing, and then the second thing is exactly what you were mentioning is just giving people a single place to get the trusted information that they're looking for. And, you know, in the in the surveys that we've asked, so we've we've had about seven million Canadians go go through so far, um, both with the app and the website, and so many of them want to know what it is they should be doing. What's what's the right thing? A lot of them are also asking, "What can I do to help other people?" Um, so it's really just giving them this this point of, "Okay, here's the latest trusted information. Here are the things that you should be doing based on you and how you know, how old you are, what your symptoms are." And, and away you go. We're talking with David Helliwell. He is uh, with a, uh, a company called uh, Thrive Health, and uh, they have uh, developed uh, a very popular app. It's, uh, again, called Canada COVID-19. Uh, this is, uh, I think, a must-have app right now that really uh, gets all the information you need into one uh, place. Uh, so this app uh, actually um, gets information. Uh, you know, how are you dealing with privacy concerns? Right. 
So the app, uh, as it as it stands, doesn't require uh, personal information from users. So just by by having the app, we can ping you with with notes, and we can track track your changes over time. But beyond having uh, your postal code, we don't actually know who the who the people are. Um, you know, there is obviously potential down the road for opting in for having more personal health information and test results and that and that sort of stuff. Um, but really, what we're doing now is the um, is, is just the de-identified information. Uh, how did you get this app together so so quickly? Um, you know, it, it has the, the pandemic hasn't been around, uh, you know, for that long. Uh, you know, typically apps can take months uh, and months to, to put together, even years, depending how sophisticated they are. Well, absolutely. Well, I, I, a couple things. So one is so Thrive Health. We're a Vancouver-based uh, health software company, and we've been doing things like this for the last three or four years in BC and, and in Ontario, and really are... Our company is all about software that helps patients through specialist care journeys. So we've had you know, tens of thousands of surgical patients where we do pre-surgical risk assessments and tell the patients what they should be doing. So a lot of the foundation was there already. We'd worked already with uh, with governments across and health health authorities and health systems across the country. So a lot of the building blocks were there. But uh, obviously, COVID is very new, and we're working very closely with uh, with the public health offices federally and and, and provincially. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts. And honestly, I mean, the team at Thrive Health has just been going day and night since late February, basically uh, seven days a week, and trying to find time to you know get outside to breathe some fresh air a little bit and get get a little bit of sleep. Um, but it's for sure being, you know, we've been very much a, a part of the healthcare system and we're by no means the only ones doing this. Uh, obviously, the frontline healthcare workers are going a mile a minute. People within the system as well, um, you know, the Ministry of Health and Health Authority workers are working around the clock. So we're just like all of those, really. It's, it's a lot of a lot of work to keep up. We're talking with David Helliwell. He's uh, with Thrive Health. Uh, they're the folks behind uh, a very popular app right now on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store called Canada COVID-19. Must-have app, uh, especially in these times right now. And, and again, excellent resource for getting all the information you need to know about uh, the virus and uh, what kind of resources available for you to help. Um, you guys are, uh, I mean, besides this app, uh, you're working uh, with hospitals uh, as well uh, with uh, an app. That, that's right. That's right. And really, you know, and, and the, the name Thrive Health, the idea is we wanted to make a way for you know, patients to not get lost between the cracks when they're going through a healthcare journey, but also recognizing you know, that it's more than just solving a physical problem. You know, that it's really for people, the, the mental well-being is an important part of overall thriving. So we do have, uh, you know, for example, on the on the app, we have questions around uh, uh, rating your subjective well-being. So how happy are you with your life as a whole on a scale of zero to ten? Uh, on the flip side, what sort of anxiety levels do you have? And linking that to you know an increasingly large body of research around the linkages between happiness and well-being and how resilient people are through healthcare journeys and. Obviously, with COVID, it's an extra big deal because with the isolation and uncertainty, it really adds 
adds another dimension to a lot of people's physical and mental health. And I mean, just just to mention on that, the the the, the secret sauce for us on this is my father, John Halliwell, is the lead author of the World Happiness Report every year. So it's really plugged us into the latest research, and it's it's, it's fun to work with your dad on these things, and just to bring in uh, that that whole element into the delivery of healthcare. We've been talking with David Helliwell. He is the CEO of Thrive Health. Uh, you must download his app. Uh, it's the Canada COVID-19. It's available for iPhones and all the Android phones out there, uh, again, at the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Uh, everything you need to know about uh, the virus, how to protect yourself, and uh, any resources or help you need from the government, all the links and information uh, are available there. David, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Be well, and uh, I hope we'll talk again sometime. When we come back from the break, more apps to talk about here on The App Show. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike, John, and Graham here. Let's talk video calling etiquette. This is uh, something I think some people out there need to uh, hear. Many of us are doing Zoom or Skype calls uh, with work colleagues or having uh, calls with friends and family, well, we wanted to offer a few basic tips uh, to make sure you're uh, on the right side of uh, polite when you're uh, doing a video conference. And before the call even begins, guys, I think the biggest one for me is actually test your gear out before the call. Make sure that you have the microphone working and that the video camera is working properly. One of the biggest things that I'm finding is that uh, with people out there that have different sets of headphones installed, or if you've got the speakers on your laptop, plus you've also got another set of speakers there, you'll find that you've actually got them assigned to the wrong thing in that app. So you go to speak to somebody and sure, the headset that you had plugged in that has the mute switch turned on is the one that the mic is going to. You're kind of screaming at your laptop, mute is off, and you kind of seem a little silly. And I'm guilty of it because we're doing lots of interviews now, obviously from our homes, and I've got uh, you know my home set up going here. I can't tell you how many calls you know we we have with uh, a guest, uh, and I can't seem to get the microphone working properly. So you know I, I typically show up for the interview you know on the hour when I'm supposed to, but I haven't tested the gear ahead of time, and sometimes we're waiting like five ten minutes, which is not polite. No, it's not, Mike. Sorry, John. <laughs> but John, it's important. Our, step our, out of this one. Yeah, our next tip is make sure you look okay on the call. Yeah, this is something that uh, you can easily do with the settings in any of these video conferencing apps. But there's even easier ways of doing this. If you're on a Mac, you have a couple options. Uh, there's an app called Hand Mirror. It literally puts a little icon in your little top menu there. You click it, it just automatically launches your camera. You can have a quick glance. You close it. And it's gone. And you can even it even supports multiple cameras if you have a couple different webcams or something set up like I do. Um, and so that's great for that. But your settings in Zoom or Skype or whatever you're using works just as well. Just to make sure that you know there's not something inappropriate in their background. Like Mike's got mixed drinks about feelings in his signage in the back corner there. <laughs> well, and, all the know, global viewers love that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they think I'm an alcoholic now. But uh, hey, yeah. So. But, you know, just doing little things like that to make sure that your everything is in frame, that you want it to be in frame, nothing is showing that shouldn't be in frame, your hair is good, you don't have, you know, crazy stuff stuck to your glasses like I do sometimes, cat hair usually, but that, those kinds of things. Just a quick glance just before you join that conference call with 20 other people in it. And, and Graham, lighting. 
that that has to be a huge thing. I mean, I, I look at this so many a- of these calls and people look like the lighting makes them look ah. Yeah, so this this is a big one. It's actually really easy to solve. Um, the big thing that I've noticed is a lot of folks will sit with their back to a window or to a light. Uh, what that does is it puts your entire face in shadow. So the key here is to turn towards to look to your main light source. During the day, if you've got natural light, if you've got a window, face that window. Um, if you have, uh, have, have a light available, face that light and be up to 45 degrees off of that, that will give you a good look. Uh, now, the, the interesting thing, if you're watching the video podcast of this version of this, you'll notice that all three of us have light on our faces, even Mike, who's you know facing away from the window. And that is because we have uh, separate lighting sources. So this is actually my, my key light air that I've just purchased that will light you as well. And uh, lighting will make you easier to understand, easier to pay attention to. So put darkness behind you, put light ahead of you, and you will look good. So let's talk about during the call now. Uh, we've got uh, a few minutes left here, guys. For Zoom calls uh, especially, a lot of us are doing these calls while we are in our homes. And sometimes, you know, I've been on calls where people are in their bedrooms or their kitchens, and it doesn't always look so tidy in the background. So if you want to be a little more professional, Zoom uh, is a great example. They have virtual backgrounds. And uh, John, you are probably the master of these. Yeah, well, I spend far too much time finding the ultimate backgrounds for this. But you don't have to use Zoom because we're using Squadcast to record the video podcast right now. And we can't do that uh, with the virtual backgrounds. So I've literally just hung up something I had in my garage from a project I worked on as a backdrop behind me. And you can easily do that even with just a bed sheet. Just if you don't have, you know, the space to, you know, hide everything behind you, just put up a sheet or something like that. And it doesn't need to be huge because think about the the framing of your video call anyways, right? So you just have it pretty close to the, you know, your chair or go against the wall if you have that option. But like Graham said, make sure you're still looking at the light when you're doing that. Hey, Graham, this next tip, uh, and I always laugh uh, at this one because you're the one that told me about it. On Zoom, you can actually unmute yourself because you always want to typically be muted. I, I, I find that more um, beneficial because you don't want people hearing kind of crazy weird noises from, from your home or your car, wherever you're doing it from. If you're muted on Zoom, to unmute yourself while you're talking, you just hold the space bar down, kind of like a walkie-talkie when you're pushing the button in. Uh, you hold it in when you want to talk, talk your bit, and then let go of the space bar, and it goes back to mute. And you told me about this, but you are always muting yourself on these calls, and you are never using that. Uh, the problem is I'm actually not using the mute on Zoom anymore. I have a uh, Jabra Evolve 40 headset that has a hardware mute switch. And so I use the hardware mute switch instead because it's easy to tap on, tap off. Uh, I just Is it though, Graham? Is it? Is it? Because <laughs> we can never hear I, you. I will say this. Uh, if you are using this trick, you do have to have Zoom in focus to do that. So a quick keyboard combination to kind of get in the habit of is using either Command Tab or Alt Tab to make sure you're on Zoom hit space bar, do you say your piece, and then let go. That, I find, is actually kind of a good bit of muscle memory to get in the, in the habit of. If I can just uh, say one more tip uh, before we head to the break. If you are not going to make the, the Zoom or Skype call or you're going to be late, tell the organizer. I, I can't tell you how many calls I've been on now, and we just keep waiting for minutes and minutes because someone you know should be here any moment now, only to find out that they didn't show up for the meeting uh, whatsoever. So be polite. If you're not going to make it, if you're going to be late, tell the organizer or host okay when we come back from the break it's our favorite app of the week you're listening to the app show here on the chorus radio network back after this 
You are back with the App Show. Mike, John, and Graham here. We've got time for one more app pick of the week. John, I'm going to throw this over to you. Your favorite app of the week. So I'm still on the Nintendo Switch side, so this may not apply to everybody, but there's a new game out right now called Good Job. So if you really miss being in the office, this is basically an office simulator where you get to do all kinds of little <laughs> tasks. And it's like a puzzle game. you got to figure out what the task is, and then you have to do it. And it's uh, set in a brightly colored, colored office. And each level of this game, you'll be assigned a simple task, and you need to complete it as quickly as possible while causing as little damage to the office as possible, which is good words to live by, I think. There are plenty of items scattered throughout the office that you can move, throw, or smash as you complete your tasks. What's fun about the game is that it seems to reward you equally for speed and care. So if you'd like to throw caution to the wind and complete your task quickly while not being too concerned about destroying the office, you can do that too. That's how I do it at at our office. (laughs) Great. So you just try not to wreck stuff. Is that what you're saying when you're at the office? Mm, it depends. <laughs> is that depends why really you want it? Is that why my stuff's always broken? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Okay, I want to uh, throw it to our prize. Uh, as always, we've got contests going for the show. You can enter to win at our website, getconnectedmedia.com. If you subscribe to our newsletter, the tab's right up at the top. You will be entered to win not only this contest, but all the contests this year. And we're giving away thousands of dollars in prizes. Today, this month, we're giving away from Cobra the Drive HD dual camera dash cam. So if uh, you've always wanted to see what's going on while you're driving, this is kind of a cool thing. It has a camera for the front and one that uh, installs on the back. And then we'll save all of that video for you to uh, check out when you're finished driving. Again, the Cobra Drive HD dual camera dash cam system. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the program together. Of course, John and Graham and all the folks in the background as well. Stephen, Christina, Nigel, and Paul. And of course, AJ. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.